All right, and uh, she is always busy covering the beat for the Washington Nationals for the Washington Post. She is Chelsea Janes. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Were you at the uh, GM meetings? I was, yeah. I'm back now, but I was out there in California this week. All right, well, let me ask you this. First of all, uh, obviously, Bryce, and you, you wrote this, that uh, he had turned down the Three hundred million over ten years. Uh, where does this go from here? And we hear Burroughs is talking about a, a fourteen-year deal worth maybe five hundred million dollars. Uh, we all know what Scott is all about and how he likes to make the splashes. But how realistic do you think that is? I don't think five hundred million is very realistic. I don't think fourteen years is very realistic. Um, but. We all knew he'd shoot high. I, I don't think he thinks it's very realistic. I mean, I've heard people laugh off four hundred million. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, he's going to shoot high, but I don't think at the expense of having Bryce, you know, without a job in February. I think this process will actually kind of pick up a little bit, and you know, maybe see something happen at the winter meetings. But if it's if it's five hundred million, I will retire on the spot. <laughs> I will, okay. I, yeah. Okay. That said. If if and knowing what the market's been like in past years, uh, as far as people thinking they're going to get a big contract and then not getting what they thought they were going to get, obviously Manny Machado and Bryce are two different kind of players. How do you? Is there a possibility that Bryce returns to the Nationals? You know, I think it's there. But after sort of where they stand now, they've made their offer. I don't really – I think they could go up, but not by much. I just don't see it. Um, I think it's pretty clear with the numbers that Boris is asking that he's saying, you know, that's a that's a great offer. They they tried, but, you know, we're, it's time to go ask the big boys for money. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it seems like it might be done, but, you know, both sides are still on good terms. So I think, you know – the Nats pretty much did all they can. You know, they made the biggest free agent offer in pro sports history, and you know he turned it down. So I'm not sure what more you can want from them without without them kind of crippling their entire payroll for years to come. Can you imagine what the fan reaction would be like in Washington if Bryce winds up in Philadelphia? I think it would be very similar to the fan reaction in Philadelphia when Jason Worth ended up in Washington. <laughs> That's you know? right. Exactly. Good point. Um, Touche. But I also think it's a little different. I think, I mean, people like Bryce, but I think there's a, a fairly large contingent that is sort of ready to see him go. So I think if that happens, it, it might get kind of ugly because it's, it's, you know, that's not where anyone wants to see him play. But yeah. I don't know. I, I still think Machado probably ends up there and, and Bryce elsewhere, but that would be quite a scene. Do you think Machado and Harper, Chelsea, do you think they both end up with opt-outs after, say, four years, you know, they're going to get big dollars. I don't see the terms being 13 or 14 years. I think they're seven or eight year deals with opt-outs after about four. I think so. You know, I don't, they, they have such leverage that, you know, the Nationals weren't going to give any opt-outs and, you know, they could just say, I'll take 10 million for 300 with opt-outs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's that much of an advantage if the market changes. So yeah, I bet they get them, but you know, that's, that's a new thing. That's a new wave. And it, it makes a lot of sense for all parties that, that you would do that. If you were a betting person right now, <laughs> where do you think to say the top three spots are for Bryson? Do you include the Giants in there? 
Um, you know, I I think I would include the Giants right now. Um, I'm still kind of on the Cardinals train, although Ken Rosenthal, who knows all things, mm-hmm. kind of said that's probably not going to happen. Um, so I'm probably wrong. But um, And then, I don't know. You know, it's really tough. I, I guess I could see the Dodgers or the Cubs kind of saying we are going to spend, but as of right now, it doesn't sound like it. So I guess, you know, Cardinals, Giants, and then I don't, I don't know. You know, I just don't know if the market's there as much as they thought it was, which might help the Nationals a little bit. But it's really tough to say. But those teams just make so much sense and have so much money to spare that it that it just seems to kind of add up. Turning back to the Nationals for a minute, they've they've made that deal where they traded some international bonus slot money to get uh, Barraclough uh, in as a uh, late-inning guy, you know, a, a bridge guy to the closer. They then signed Trevor Rosenthal to a nice contract. Do you think they're done in the bullpen, or do you, could you see them still sign a, a, a high-profile guy? I think I could still see them signing someone. I I think they've sort of eliminated the need for desperation because mm-hmm. they've got a closer, you know, and that, that only helps. I think if they were to stop, you would say that this bullpen isn't playoff-ready, but it can probably get you to the trade deadline, you know. So I – I could see them not making a move, but I would be surprised if there aren't new faces there. And, you know, obviously then there's the the annual crew of, of former big names that have kind of fallen into, you know, whatever, disrepair that come to spring training and, and somebody impresses you. So there'll be a lot of those. But I don't know that you can look at this bullpen and say we're fine. I just think you can look at it and say it's not the top priority anymore. All right, let me ask you this about the outfield. Say there is no Bryce Harper. He goes somewhere else. You have Adam Eaton, you have uh, Robles in center, and you have Soto in left, Uh, Michael A. Taylor. uh, If Bryce does leave, I think Michael A. Taylor has a more predominant role uh, as a backup uh, outfielder, as the fourth guy. But are, are, are the Nationals going to be content with that, knowing the knowing what kind of offensive production you're going to be missing? I think so. Um, you know, I really do. I think uh, you're happy with – I mean, Eaton's one of the best leadoff men in the game. He's not going to hit for power, but Juan Soto's going to hit for power, you yeah. know, and um, I think they love what they've seen in Robles. But, it's, you know, I think Michael Taylor kind of fell off the map last year, but at the end of the year they were making some pretty substantial swing changes to try to get him to cut down on strikeouts. And, and very late in the year it started to, to pay off a little bit. So I think – I still think he's – I mean, he's important. He's He's really good defensively, you know, and and I think that you can deal with it if Robles goes through some slumps because you can you can let Michael A play and and I think too it's important to remember that you're only paying that combined group like thirteen million. So say you get to the deadline and you need more, you can go get it. It's not you're not crippled. So I think they'd be happy to give that group a shot. You know, if you've held on to Soto and Robles this long through so many potential trades, you clearly believe in them. So um it's probably time to say, hey, let's see what we have and kind of like ride with it for a little bit. What are you hearing is the latest on Howie Kendrick? Because you could certainly make the argument that part of this team's issue not making the playoffs last year was that, uh, when Howie went down with the Achilles injury. Yeah, that was a sneaky big injury. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, every all indications are he'll be back this year. And I honestly think he'll probably start at second base for them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they see a need to go get anybody else. I mean, Kendrick's like a 297 career hitter. I mean, he's no slouch, and 
he's older, he's going to need days off, but you have Wilmer Defoe. And I think, I think the logic for them right now is why go pay DJ LeMayhew for, or somebody, you know, some free agent for years when we see Carter Keyboom is almost ready, you know, right. why, why reach? So, um, I think that they're going to try to start with Kendrick and Defoe and maybe, you know, another veteran backup kind of infielder and then just take it from there. And, and if, you know, if Keyboom looks ready, then you have a spot for him and, and you can just kind of see what these young guys can do. How's Keyboom looked in the Arizona Fall League? All signs were good. I think he had some, you know, offensive adjustment time. Um, I think we're a little spoiled with Nats' offensive prospects right now and that, you know, Soto just destroyed all norms. But <laughs> yes, he I did. Think, you know, Keyboom is moving almost as fast, which is crazy. I mean, he's, he's moving fast. Um, but he's the kind of guy they like because he makes adjustments. You know, he'll hit 220 for a month, and then he adjusts to that level, and you can move him up. So I think he'll probably start in double A, maybe triple A, and, you know, be a factor late in the season. But we've seen that if injuries kind of, like, put them in a position where they need him, that they'll be willing to give him a shot. But they're happy with him at second. They'd be happy with him at short. And he's just kind of another asset for a team that's going to put a lot of faith in, in younger guys this year, I think. Chelsea, um now that Robles is actually up and with the big league club, do you think there's a chance that he now being sort of untouchable in a real Muto trade, could could those two sides sort of revisit that and go after where the Marlins go after some other prospects? I think so. Um, in talking to Mike Rizzo this week, it sounds like the Marlins still want a ton. You yeah. Know? And so – Originally, you know, like you said, it was Soto, it was Robles, it was everything. But I, I think there's a sense that if it got to a deal centered around Keyboom, that they could probably pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they really want Real Muto. So yeah, I absolutely expect them to keep talking. It's just going to be a question of whether their package is going to beat the Marlins. You know what they can get from another team. Um, but and that's. It just sounds like catcher is a major priority. It sounds like they want an elite catcher. They don't want to settle and. And who's the most available kind of natural fit there? It's Real Muto, who they've loved for years. Yeah. And one other thing, the uh, pitching, the starting rotation. They've, they've spent some energy and bullets on, on the back end of things. Uh, with Scherzer and Strasburg always being, you know, sort of a, more like a candidate for 20 starts than 30 starts. Um, right. Where do you see them going? Do you see them as a player for any significant starting pitcher in the free agent market? They better be because it's going to be a long year if they don't jump on on that. I mean, they need help. They need top line starters. You know, we see Scherzer and Strasburg, but like you say, I mean, I accidentally called Scherzer old at the end of the season. And he just said, "Watch it," but he's he's getting old. You know, yeah. like, he's not he's not young. He's 30, 34, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and he's had a lot of miles on that arm lately. So you know, how much can you count on him? It's not so much about this year; it's about moving forward, right? Like you got to start planning. Um, and Strasburg, obviously, the velocity was down in a really terrifying way last year. So I think they've got to go after one or two big-name starters. I mean, I think you'll hear them, you know, quote, involved on just about everyone. I think they'll look at the trade market. You know, there's the teams, the Diamondbacks, Mariners, Blue Jays, everybody's selling. They have some pitching options there. Um, you know, they've always loved Zach Greinke. If they could get the Diamondbacks to pay him down, you know, Robbie Ray is a former Rizzo draft pick there. So if they're offloading, why not try to get in on those guys? You know, they, they've got options. But, um, you know, Dallas Keuchel sort of a an upgraded geo, you know, a, a crafty. 
competitiveness. So I think they'll be involved, and, and they absolutely have to be, because if, if they don't add one or two starters, they're in trouble. I think one of the sneaky things they might do is in, in attempting to get real Muto, and the Marlins are asking for a ton, is all of a sudden the, the Nationals say, I'll tell you what, throw Dan Straley in, and you know you get an inexpensive but solid number four type guy. I think that may be the way that those two sides end up cooking a deal. It makes sense. I mean, it makes sense that they should take some money. I just, my, it, it makes total sense. You're right. And then it's just, it's what strikes me is that it hasn't gotten done yet. You know, yeah. I think they've tried almost everything. So um, I bet that'll, that'll be something that'll be easier for them to determine once they figure out where Bryce is headed. You know, if, if they've got payroll yeah. to spare, like, why not? Um, so I, it'll be interesting, but I, I bet you that's something that they'll try to do because it'll cut down on the prospect return, which apparently is, is ridiculous. If they cannot swing a deal for Real Muto, what does that mean for bringing back Matt Weeders, who obviously all the pitching, all the pitchers on this staff love throwing to, and they love the way he handles the staff? I, I don't think they can rely on him as their starting catcher. Um, it doesn't mean they won't bring him back, but I think they're going to look elsewhere. I mean, elsewhere could be Wilson Ramos, certainly. Um, yeah, yeah. Elsewhere, you know, there's Jonathan Lucroy. You know, they like the person. He had kind of a down year. But, I mean, there's options out there for sure. So, um, I mean, you could even go so far as to try to pry Salvador Perez away from the Royals at the deadline. or so, You know, there's options. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be familiar faces around. Kurt Suzuki is a really nice kind of mm-hmm. platoon option. Maybe you could pair him with Weeders. <laughs> so there's there's a lot out there, and I think they'll consider all of it, but – it's just seemed all along, you know, Rizzo never comes out and says, I love this guy. You know, yeah. he doesn't want to destroy his leverage, but he has said that about Real Muto. So for me, it's like, that's, it feels like it's a little bit of Real Muto or bust for them right now. Kurt Suzuki, former national, and then when he left the nationals, became a nationals killer. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's an interesting scenario. I mean, it'd be interesting to see him come back if they can't figure it out in other directions. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, the uh, winter meeting's coming up. Uh, You're looking forward to Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I think it's going to be crazy. I mean, it's going to be chaos, but it's going to be all about Bryce, which is what we're used to anyway, so yeah. I guess why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the funny part about the Bryce thing for me is, uh, you know, there are some in the organization that I, I know for a fact aren't going to be that sorry to see him go if that's the way it goes. But uh, you, you wonder just how much, you know, everything that was said at the end of last season about, I love it here, could be my last time here, da-da-da-da-da. I mean, but in the end, it's really, you know, money talks, and that's the biggest thing when you're talking about not just Bryce, but a Machado as well. Absolutely. You know, I think, I don't think Bryce is all about the money by any means, but I think the difference between like a $350 million contract and what the Nationals offered him is going to be substantial enough to make him make that move. So, you know, I, I it just feels like he's going elsewhere, but we also don't know what anyone else is willing to pay. Yep. You know, just because Scott Boris says, I want $500, 400000000 million doesn't mean anyone's going to give it to him. So we'll see how the market shakes out, especially, you know, with Machado and, and all these teams that are supposed to be interested in spending a lot of money and 
going to be a really interesting scenario. All right. Well, Mike Rizzo may say he loves JT Real Muto. We love Chelsea James on the show. We <laughs> Absolutely. Always, we always appreciate your time and insights, Chelsea. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. Have a safe trip out to Vegas. And remember, what goes on in Vegas stays, stays in, in Vegas. Vegas. Right. <laughs> Right. I don't know how to react to that, but I'll try. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Chelsea. All Bye. right. There you have it. Chelsea James.